School PR professionals spend a week or two each year networking, if they're lucky. We pour into this professional development and the conversations drive us in our work. Collaboration is one of the best parts of our job, but then we go back to our daily work and the buzz of bright conversations and innovation starts to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. We seek to create a shared space of collaboration and an opportunity to continue those conversations long after the closing sessions of our state and national conferences. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and learn from each other regularly. This podcast is about just that, getting to know each other better and sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. What's up, everybody? My name is Justin, and this is School PR Happy Hour. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm super excited about this month's episode because it features two of my good friends from Teespera, people I hang out with every year when we go to conference and uh, just enjoy seeing them and watching them present. I think this is the first time I've been able to go to one of Justin Elbert's presentations because we usually are presenting at the same time. But uh, joining me today is Chelsea Sabalos and Justin Elbert from Klein ISD. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. We're here. We're uh, we're making it. We're uh, we're going to do an episode and post it in a couple of days because I like to wait to the last minute. But um, so why don't we go ahead and start? And Chelsea, you can kick it off. Tell us a little bit about your position at Klein, what you do for the district, and Justin, tell us about your position, and then give me a little bit of background on Klein ISD. So um, my name is Chelsea Ceballos, and I'm the communications publication specialist in Klein ISD, and I've been there about seven years. Um, I mainly do graphics and photography and crisis communication. Yep, and I'm uh, Justin Elbert. I am the executive director of communications for Klein ISD, and uh, a lot of the same what Chelsea does there. Um, some of the day to day of external, and we also do internal communications in our district, as well as we also <laughs> staff the superintendent and um, and all of our teaching and learning departments. So. Um, Klein ISD uh, is a school district, uh, about 88 square miles, about 54,000 kids, 7,500 employees, and um, we got about half a million people living in our area. Um, we call it the biggest little school district in Texas. Uh, we're about the 16th largest, and uh, it's just a good little place. Uh, it's an interesting place. We don't have a main street. We don't have a post office, but it feels like a small town, so it's a good place to be. And I've, I've traveled through Klein multiple times going down that area for family that we have living down there. It uh, Y'all have a great reputation and your communications department does as well, obviously. But um, what I want to talk about today is a presentation that y'all gave at Teespr this year that I think may go down as the first presentation to get quoted in every presentation after. Because based <laughs> on what I heard, because I know I quoted it in mine, like later that day, I know Julie Thanum quoted it in hers later that day, and I heard multiple other people say it. And one of my favorite things is when they release the the pre con or when they release the conference thing going through and obviously figuring out which ones I want to go to. And like I said, this was the first time I think in four years that me and you haven't presented at the same time, Justin. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. Um, maybe we should just present together and then we can just hang out more, but that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, looking through and the last couple of years, everybody's gone through so much with the pandemic and everything else going on. And then seeing the title of yours um, saying hug the haters. And I immediately was just like, yeah, I need to go to that one because a, I don't think I'm physically able to do that. Um, and B, 
obviously I was excited to hear a little bit about y'all's approach to some of the current things we had going on. So how did y'all come up with this idea? How did, how did this presentation come to be? Well, um, so we do some book studies in our department and, uh, our amazing, uh, leader, Dana Hernandez has really been bringing books to us all the time. And one of the books she brought to us was about hugging, uh, the haters. And it was very timely. I think we've all been in that situation right now. We're just kind of, it's exhausted. You know, it's just that we're just constantly inundated with people online, just spreading hate at us. It seems like we nothing, nothing we can do is right. You know, we make a decision half the people hate us for it. And then the other decision, other half hate us for that. So we were going through this book study and it just really spoke to us. And, uh, I do have to give all kinds of shout outs and kudos to Chelsea, um, who was voluntold at the last second to join this presentation and just did a stand up and amazing job, um, presenting with this, uh, topic. So hug your haters is about, you know, just finding ways to, flip the script instead of reacting with, you know, negativity or hate, you react immediately with, okay, let me understand you what's going on. Um, and the, the book actually goes through a ton of, you know, samples and, you know, and also case studies of how you can actually do that. So we kind of distilled all of that down into a presentation and gave the very abbreviated quick notes, uh, you know, of the, of the book. Well, Chelsea, one of the things, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so, so one of the things that I immediately, like I still have my notes on my note app here on my computer from the presentation. And one of the things that I wrote down immediately that y'all talked about was, you know, upstream versus downstream and doing that upstream work kind of, like you said, Justin, you said, instead of being active, be kind of proactive and get ahead of things. Um, as, as the person who's doing a lot of that work there in Klein, what, have you seen, or just talk a little bit about upstream versus downstream and kind of what you seen the result of that. So upstream is basically when we're, like you said, working proactively and then downstream would be uh, reactively. And we have been going through this constant cycle of like a response, crisis response, crisis response, especially with the pandemic in the last three years. Um, so we just were like, what can we do to kind of get ahead of all of this? What can we do to work upstream so that we have less downstream work? Um, with that being said, we, at first we're looking at it and we're like, okay, so this is going to be more work to make less work later. Um, but I will tell you since we've done it and made time for it, it's been a huge time saver. It's been a huge sanity saver. Uh, highly recommend. Justin, anything you want to add on upstream versus downstream? I know you had some really cool examples that you talked about in that presentation. Yeah. I mean, like, so the downstream work is mandatory. That's the things that like, like Chelsea said, like the crisis and the response, every time a crisis happens, we have to respond. I mean, like we talked about um, in the presentation, like every problem is your problem. We were talking to a room full of school PR people. So like every problem is our problem. If there's somebody who, an employee who does something that's inappropriate, it's eventually going to come to our office. Um, either we know nothing about it and it goes all the way through HR and is dealt with. And then somebody files a grievance and goes to the media or it immediately goes to social media and we have to deal with it. Everything eventually comes to us. I mean, there's, I can't think of anything that sneaks through the communications department that's downstream work. So what we were looking at is that upstream work, like Chelsea was talking about, it's the 
very high impact work that you have to do on the front end and it's optional. So you always have to do the downstream work. It's mandatory. And the upstream work is optional. I think one of the, I think it was one of those slides in there about, I had this gif of this guy going down a whirlpool. And that's kind of what, you know, we were talking about that, you know, when you're stuck in a whirlpool and, and Justin, I know you and I were talking about, you know, kayaking and that's something that you, we share a, a love for like the, yeah. the water and things. When you're in a, an eddy or a whirlpool, if you just sit there, you're going to get sucked in. So if you're just doing the downstream mandatory work, you're just going to go and spin in circles. The only way to get out of that eddy or that whirlpool is to go faster than the water is going. And so we were talking about that, like, you know, the only way to get out of this cycle of negativity is to work harder. And like Chelsea was saying, we did have to make that conscious choice. We're going to have to do more work for a while to get us out of this stream of negativity. So, you know, it was, okay, let's triple up on our social media posts of people. Let's triple up on our social media posts of, you know, great students, great employees, focus on that. And then while still doing the other work, and it really has helped us turn a corner, um, you know, in the whole, the brand of client ISD has really gone from when we posted something that was negative. Now we do things and people just automatically respond with positivity. So it, it is working. It's just more work up front. And, and I mean, you're building your brand. Like you said, the brand has, has turned, you're building that brand, you're building ambassadors, people that know the good things that are going on. You're just reinforcing that they know good things are going on you're giving them more fuel. Correct. So when they do see in those, you know, everybody's got a moms of fill in the blank or whatever that Facebook page of the day may be. Um, we're starting to see, cause we have actually came back from T-Sprit and ramped up back to higher social media volume than we had for a while. And we're starting to see some of those parents that we knew back in the day that were stepping up and like basically putting out missing or not putting out information, like distinguishing or extinguishing. Gosh, I can't talk this weekend. Um, <laughs> extinguishing misinformation on these pages and they kind of disappeared for a while but now that we're really starting to overflow like you said with the those good stories about people students teachers um we're starting to get our ambassadors back we're starting to get our our ammunition back and have the people that are kind of helping us and the people that are talking good and saying good things about us kind of come back to defend us and obviously we can defend ourselves but it's nice to have more people on your team um so when we talk about hugging, we're obviously not talking about physically reaching out and grabbing the person at the board meeting and just bringing it in for the real thing. Um, hug is actually an acronym. So if you want to talk a little bit about what that looked like, what that means and kind of how y'all have implemented that through your social media plan and just other communications. Yeah, sure. We, you know, we talked about hug was an acronym for humility, understanding, and grace. So if you apply those three, you know, areas, you know, you're, you come in with humility and then we understand them and then we provide them some grace, you can really help to understand them. So just like the, the overview of that is, you know, when you come in um, and you drop in, somebody says something negative about you on social media and, you know, man, this district is the worst and they never do anything to support, you know, insert whatever it is there. If you pop in with all the great stats you have, you know, we all have it, right? Well, Klein ISD is the 16th largest district and we were uh, A rated on niche and you just or, you know, we're A-rated from TEA. If you drop in with all of that, that's just all pride. And pride is the opposite of humility. And if you, it just seems like a lot of people want to respond with how great we are. Like, oh, you're going to say something negative. Well, let me tell you how great we actually are. That is, that does not work. It is the opposite of what you should be doing, which is to be, you know, have humility. 
So you really have to listen to what people are saying, pay attention to what they're telling you. And sometimes people just want to be told, I hear you. Like, I'm sorry, we dropped the ball. Um, you know, because we talked about like, there is nothing more treasured. Hopefully there's nothing more treasured for a, for a parent than their child. So like, I mean, I know that like, I drop my kids off, Chelsea does too. They're gone for 10 hours, nine hours a day with other people. And then we see them for the hour in the morning. And then we see them for two or three, maybe if we're lucky at night, but for the majority of the day, they're with other people. So like those people trust us. So that's their most treasured thing. So you have to come in there and say, okay, you know, we're taking care of their kids. I'm going to greet you with humility. And then there's the understanding. Okay. It's like, okay, I'm understand their perspective and you're going to connect with those people. And, you know, you don't avoid them. You talk to them, you listen to them. And, you know, I think Chelsea, I mean, and when I get done with going over the grace here, Chelsea was talking about uh, the 20, 50, 25 rule, which I think she'll go over in a minute. Um, but you have to understand them and connect with these negative people and then discover ways that, you know, you can get into their groups. It is a little more time, but we did find a way to get into some of these negative groups to understand what they're going through. And then you just empathize with them. You know, schools are the center of our community. So you, you come in there, you say, Oh my God, you know, thank you for that. Uh, I understand what you're going through or, or let me, or let me understand. Um, and then you say, you know, let me see if I can help you out. I empathize with them because maybe they're just having a terrible day and you just have to, it's, it's like walking in their shoes, right? So if they're complaining about the food that their kids receiving at school, well, I mean, that may have been, maybe they're having a tough time and they're counting on the schools to give them a good food, you know, good experience and feed their kid and the milk was expired. Well, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So you just have to find a way to apply that hug, humility, understanding, and grace through every interaction. Um, Chelsea, do you want to go over that 20, 50, 25 rule? Yeah, sure. Um, so there are going to be trolls regardless of what you're doing, whether you're doing 20 million great things, there's always going to people be people that do not like you. That's going to be your 25% group. Then you have the 50 in the middle that is going to be easily swayed. They like you sometimes, sometimes they don't. Um, and then you have the 25 that always love you, will be your ambassadors, will be your champions. Um, the hardest thing for us to that we had to remember was to try not to avoid the negative people. Um, like Justin said, interacting with them allows their chance for you to sway them and for you to understand what they're going through and possibly, you know, connect with them and discover ways to solve their problems by connecting with other people. Um, and one way that we sort of helped develop that 25-50-25 rule um, was through hug and practice. Um, and some ways that we did that, one of the first things we started is kids inclined. Like Justin said, kids are your most treasured thing in your life. You want to know what they're doing. You want to be able to see that they're having fun, that they're safe, that they're learning. Um, and particularly for our school district, our parents love to see arts, athletics, and um, arts. academics. Thank you. When I blank on the academics, Whew, I'm not tired. Anyway, um, so that's what we kind of started doing. Um, going out each week, we have a team of five of us that split up our five high school feeder patterns in our family of schools. 
And we basically just go and visit a classroom and see what they're doing. And it has really gained, like Justin said, a lot of positive attention because we're showing them like, this is what we're, we're doing with your kid. This is what your kid is learning. Um, and nobody can be mean to a kid, usually. Um, sometimes they still find a way. Um, but it's been a, a really great experience. And we always have parents that are commenting like, I didn't know we had this or I'd love to come and attend a class. So it really kind of gives that pullback uh, behind the curtains connection. Um, and I think that our parents and families love that because they see that we are understanding what they're wanting to see. And Chelsea, I'm just going to pop in real fast and give you all, you know, that, that team that does that. I mean, Chelsea leads them. And I will tell you that like, there is no pre-planning. They, they just go in and walk the school and find something interesting happening. And, and, and sometimes they may see something and then set it up for the next week and go back in, but everything is really organic. Um, we just had a post that went uh, up last week. I think it was yours actually, Chelsea. It was about, it was a special, um, it was a special education class. And, the response we got to that was just overwhelmingly positive. People were just popping in. Thank you for, you know, for highlighting our, my student, I mean, my, my child. Thanks for highlighting this program. And then people just saying, like, I didn't know we had this. You know, this is amazing. Like, it takes a brave person to be mean on social media when you're just focusing on great kids and learning. Um, and like Chelsea said, it doesn't happen very often. And those people usually get shut down pretty quick. So it's... That's been a really good way to, you know, parents just want to see their kids being loved at school. That's, that's as simple as it is. Justin and I are so excited to welcome back Class Intercom as our sponsor for season three of School PR Happy Hour. Last year, we told you that Class Intercom is a comprehensive social media management tool designed specifically for schools that allows for content creation from an unlimited number of users, including students, in a safe and carefully moderated way. That's true, but did you know that Class Intercom also has a reporting feature and does complete archiving, all for one school-friendly price? To learn more, head to classintercom.com and get started today. I do want to go just from the strategic side that you just talked about just to the actual like execution of it. So when you're going in and, and saying, hey, I hear you, we hear what you're saying, are you responding? Like, what accounts are you using? Are you using oh, an official district account and going in? And it says Klein ISD responds, or is it like? Oh yeah, right. Klein ISD responded. And, and depending on the severity or you know how it is, sometimes I'll say you know if it's something that's if it's on the district pages, the district responds, and we'll say right. you know thank you so much. And I might say email me at, and I'll drop my email address. Um, that usually gives a little bit more power to it because I can see I feel like actually a person behind it. Right. And if it's something that's happening on like out in the community, Chelsea will pop in all the time and and, uh, you know, go out there in these little community groups and drop her name position. You know, let me help you out. So it really depends on where it's happening. But, yeah, we'll we'll pop in, say, let us help you send us an email and we'll connect them immediately with, you know, who they need to work with. Right. And that's kind of what we've, you know, up here in the Sprint area, North Texas, um, we have a lot of conversations going on right now about the the other sites not not the district site obviously we're responding on district site but on the other sites it's do you, are you going under your personal profile and saying hey i'm justin daring director of communications with gcisd uh i hear what you're saying shoot me an email at this like or are you going out and just saying here here's the answer to your question here's you, you know obviously 
a lot of us still have an issue, like you said, with the pride versus humility going in and saying, actually, you're wrong and hitting that. Then that's not the approach we want to take. So I just know there's a lot of people in our area specifically who've been reaching out and saying, hey, if we see on an HOA site, they're just completely off. Are y'all going in and responding? Or are you going in and giving them a contact? And I, I personally am one that would say, hey, my name is Justin. Here's my position. Shoot me an email and let's talk. And hopefully build a relationship there so that we can, maybe they go back in and correct their error or they don't, or they, yeah. they think I'm still an idiot, whatever. We, we've talked about this a lot. And right now we're going through a bond and we're trying to like, you know, we've talked to people about like, you know, it's, you don't go back and forth with people, but you do pop in. Most of the time we'll pop in with our personal stuff, drop the facts and then say, if you need more assistance, let us know. And I think that's what we've kind of settled on because if somebody comments negative on an HOA site, and then you, or let's just say, for example, and you, and you pop in and say, Hey, my name is Justin Elbert. We're Clint ISD. You can email me and I'll help you out. You've not, you've not answered anybody's question. And it, it always looks like the district's hiding something. Like you're trying to pull the conversation offline. And if you pop in and say, okay, I, I understand. I can see that, you, you know, I can see that we have, you know, it's okay to like admit fault. If, if it's like a hundred percent, like I can see that we did not meet your mark of expectation. I mean, that's not really admitting fault. That's just saying we didn't meet your mark of what you expected from us. That's a lawyer ease way of saying, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Right. I'm sorry. We didn't meet the expectation that, you know, that uh, we were, you know, that you wanted from us. Um, here is what the right way of doing that it is, or here's the answer. And then if I even need further assistance, here's how I can help you out. And I think that goes a long way of showing people that are popping into the conversation later, well, look at that. The district is responsive. Oh, there's the answer. And then, oh, there's a guy right there I have more help from. So depends on what it is, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes we'll pop in with actually the answer and then do it that way. Gotcha. And Chelsea, I do want to hit on kids on kids incline a little bit since you do run that. And we, we have a very similar program with our liaison program where we each have our campuses that we cover. We do our best to get on those campuses once a week. Um, but I know if we put this out and people listen to it and if y'all are willing to share your slides and information, uh, I can put that in the notes for the show or whatnot, but, um, people will want to reach out and ask how that program works. Like, is it Mondays is Chelsea's day, Tuesdays, somebody else's day? Like how, how are you distinguishing what day is your day to hit your feeder pattern? So this has kind of been a, a two-step process. Um, if anyone attended our session about PR squad, I think in 2020, right before the pandemic hit, um, that's kind of where we started developing our um, feeder patterns and who was going to take over which section of schools. Um, luckily, we have five high schools, so we kind of split it up by high school feeder pattern. Um, and then there's a person each day of the week. Um, I think we just drew random numbers, kept it simple. Um, I recently just switched from Monday to Fridays just because Mondays are crazy for me. Um, but yeah, we just kind of split it up that way. We all have one high school um, around, yeah, two intermediates and then anywhere between five to seven uh, elementary schools. And we split it up that way. And so every single week we're hitting every feeder pattern. Um, and then we try to make sure that we mix it up and we're hitting a high school and we're hitting an intermediate and we're hitting an elementary so that they can really see across the board um, what's happening as a whole. And then that's how Kids and Clients started to come around. Like Justin said, we wanted to push out more positive stories. We wanted to be 
on campuses more and showing them kind of, you know, the behind the scenes sneak peek, um, especially at a time when parents and visitors were not allowed on campus. Um, so that kind of helped cover that process as well. And then Justin um, actually developed the Insider, um, which is our kind of weekly catch up. And every Friday, there's a recap about kids and Klein. And so like, if you missed a social post, social post, they're tagged in there. Um, and you'll see all five feeder patterns. Awesome. So um, in these posts, kids inclined, their video or they their photo essays, what kind of different content are you creating there? So for this particular campaign, we've mostly done, I believe, all photos. Um, it's typically four because that's what we can post in Buffer. So that's a quick way to make sure that, you know, we have the exact content that we need, that it's consistent. Um, and then from there, we just kind of look for certain things on Twitter to kind of see what's going on. And like Justin said, roam the campus and see what's happening. Awesome. Well, I can, I'm, you know, a lot of our Sprint neighbors around up here are working on end of year stuff and trying to figure out ways to honor class of 2022. And in our conversations in my district, kids inclined came up. And so I'm stealing it and renaming it and using it with our, our logo and our colors. So when you see stuff start coming out about the class of 2022, just know you were the inspiration of behind that. <laughs> Love it. So, and I know you, you touched on this a little bit, but I think, um, hearing it again and going a little in depth on it is like, what kind of responses have you seen from shifting the response? So what kind of like, how have you seen parents or just the reception of kindness in a sense is basically what it is. Um, that kind of response, as opposed to, like you said, the prideful, well, we have this, 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 and this, what, what, what have you seen as far as a change? Well, I think if you put your heart in it, you're going to get heart back. And I feel like that's honestly the biggest shift that we've seen. We went from putting out, you know, more generic posts, these students won these awards or this student did this, um, to really getting more personal, not only with the, the teacher, but also the students in that class and really getting to highlight and showcase what they're doing and their parents, like Justin said earlier, we are away from our kids for a good bit of the day. I spend more time at work than I do at home during the week. And being able to see those moments when you're not able to be there is huge for parents. You know, they're your priceless possession. Justin, do you have any? Yeah, I think this, we, we've done a, you know, Andrea, uh, <laughs> Miss Gribble there has uh, talked about this for a lot, you know, a lot of times just you know, you, she has kind of told her people to kind of use social media for more celebrations of people and less facts. And I think that we've gone that direction too. I've seen that work really, really well in our community. It's, we use our feeds to celebrate other people. And by doing that, we're still highlighting our buckets. You know, we have three big buckets in Kline SD. We're always trying, we have four now, you know, once academics, arts, athletics, and, and right now bond. And we're always trying to check off as many of those buckets as possible through our social posts, but we highlight through people. So if we do a great social post about the girls volleyball team going to districts and winning, maybe it's the 400th win for the coach. We're interjecting inside of that story, some, some stats and some greatness about the athletics in Klein ISD, but we're, you know, 
veiling that, you know, inside of this celebration of these people. And I think it's it's the container that you present it in. It's not the, this is how great we are. People are second. It's people first. You know, it's, we've heard that for a long time, like this, we just put people first. And like, like Chelsea said, you put the heart into it. So we're really trying to change it in a narrative that we celebrate people. Facts come through email and that kind of stuff later on. But we celebrate people and through the people, you get some facts about how great the district is. So you can, you know, regurgitate them later to your neighbors about, I was reading this article or reading this post. And then they may see something about Klein ISD and the great athletics or great arts or great academics. And they may use that language somewhere else, which we've have seen people do. Um, I think it's just kind of a subconscious effort to focus on people first. And yeah. Awesome. So if someone's listening right now, which I hope someone is, um, if they are listening and they're like, you know, if I could do one thing tomorrow, tomorrow being Monday, what would your first step into this type of work be? What would you advise somebody? The first thing you need to do to really shift to this hugging, this humility and understanding and grace, right? I got it right. Look at that. Yeah, um, that was good. <laughs> I was trying to find my notes because I have like 18 post-it notes on my desk right now. Um, uh, what would your first step be for that person tomorrow when they walk in on Monday morning? Well, I would I would take the hat off of the protector. You know, so many times we walk around as like the protector of the district. You protect the brand at all. I would take that hat off. I mean, we're going to do that regardless. But put on your hat of a parent. And if, if you are a parent, just... Look at the posts you see through the lens of your parent first. And if you're not a parent, I mean, just 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 think about the most treasured prized thing you have and let that go for 10 hours a day. And and then, you know, think about that thing having a problem. If it's your cat or dog, whatever it is. So put on the hat of the parent so you can just come in, not prideful, with humility. And I would do it that way. Don't Don't immediately jump to, oh, you're a problem. Let me protect the district. I think I would come at it from the point, okay, this is a this is an issue for this person that they took time out of their day to complain. Um, so how can I understand them? I would focus on that. How do you understand this person? And um, I, I did want to make a point that there's there are two types. We talked about this in our presentation. There are two types of complainers. There's the offstage people and the onstage people. Offstage is like phone call, email, those kind of people. They just want answers. But then you have the onstage complainers. They want an audience. And sometimes those people just want to complain because they want other people to see them complaining. And it, it does take them by surprise when they go on stage to complain and the district pops in and says, yep, here we are. That sounds like we did not meet the expectations you were expecting. How can we help you? And then it shuts them down because they get an answer and they just they're like, okay, well, apparently they're here to support me. So, join them on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Join them on stage. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all, you know, diving back into your topic with me at, um, and just chatting on a Sunday night after all three of us, I'm pretty sure, had to put kids to bed. So we're all probably tired because weekends aren't, you know, as restful as they were when we didn't have children. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate that. I also just, uh, you know, here in Texas, of course, and obviously everyone's going through the pandemic, but the three of us have gone through quite a bit, a lot of the same things being here in Texas uh, professionally, but also personally, we've gone through a lot. And I just want to thank y'all for being a support system for me 
And I uh, hope I'm doing the same for y'all and just uh, appreciate y'all being here. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. All right, so if, if someone listening wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to go about getting a hold of you, Chelsea? Um, you can shoot me an email at C C E B A L L O S one at kleinisd.net or find me on Twitter at kleinisd Chelsea. And Justin? Um, Twitter, Justin Albert PR. Um, that's my Twitter handle. And then here's my cell phone number. You need to call me, you text me. 281-381-8650. I prefer text. All right, well, there you have it. Another episode of School PR Happy Hour. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode. I also want to thank Justin and Chelsea for jumping on and having a conversation about a great presentation that they gave at Teespro. Seeing as how this show is all about connecting, we'd love to hear what you thought about this episode and others over on Twitter at SPR Happy Hour. Well, School PR, thanks for listening. And as Aaron always says, let's try to be a little bit better at our job every day. <laughs>